Are you running a small business in a small town and you've got so stuck on marketing your small business you've actually stalled and stopped? Is there a gaping hole in your social media? You haven't sent an email in about a month and people are starting to suspect you've actually been kidnapped? Well, no one wants their marketing to turn out this way. So in this episode, I'm going to walk you through my rock-solid process for creating consistent weekly content that has got buckets of value for those most likely to do business with you that can also be repurposed in half a dozen ways, giving you the opportunity to show up daily without having to actually show up daily. And it can also get your marketing content organized weeks in advance, giving you a really comfortable buffer for when we have those weeks where everything hits the fan and the marketing falls by the wayside. This is my go-to strategy for creating marketing content that is high value and consistent, but also efficient. So if you're ready to close those gaping holes in your marketing for good, let's dive on in. You're listening to Taking Back Joy, a more than marketing podcast. This is where we dive into how to market your regional and rural small business sustainably without being stuck to your screen. I'm your host, Meredith Page, and I was born and raised in a small town full of fantastic small businesses, and now I'm doing the same with my own family. I'm a marketing coach, a mum and a wife, and I want to share with you everything I've learned, and I'm still learning, about juggling a family, business growth, mental well-being, and healthy boundaries. Here we market smarter, not harder, so we can take the busyness out of our businesses. If you're running a small business, raising small humans, and trying to make a big difference in a small town, you're in the right place. This is Taking Back Joy. If you're a small business owner in a regional and rural area and you're feeling a little bit stuck with marketing, and we all know that stuck marketing is non-existent marketing, in this episode I want to share with you a really cool strategy that I've developed and implemented not only in my business but in my client businesses for getting really high value marketing content created every week and then having it appear across a whole range of channels that all link back to your business, but in a way that doesn't have you stuck to your screen and spending hours perfecting and tweaking, but actually gets it done and out there and serving your business. So the technique I'm talking about is called creating core content and content batching. Now that probably sounds like a lot to take in, so let's break that down into a couple of segments. Content really just refers to the stuff that you put out on social media, in emails, print, local radio, things like that. That's the fancy way of referring to all that stuff is content. So the first part of this strategy is is the development of what I'd like to call a core content piece. That is once a week you're creating one substantial piece of content that is full of like value and expertise that really positions you as a go-to person in your industry and perhaps even your specific niche within your industry, but also shares some really good value for free with people who could potentially become a customer. It's a really good way to shop regularly, establish what you know, what you're good at, what your background is, share a little bit of knowledge and give people a reason to maybe check you out and find out what the paid version looks like if your free stuff is so good. Ideally, you want to start with this and this ties into my three bucket strategy for marketing of connecting, conveying and converting. This is a really good way to convey your expertise on the regular. First step is to decide what kind of content you're going to create 
And look, it's okay if this changes over the course of a number of months, but my recommendation is to pick one kind of content first and stick with it for about three months, creating something once a week. And that will give you a really good window of time to see if it's going to be effective, whether it's going to resonate with your audience before you chop and change too much and start getting a bit of shiny object syndrome happening. So how do you decide what kind of content you create? Well, that's going to largely depend on three factors that I kind of keep in mind. So the way I decide what kind of medium I would make my core content on comes down to two key factors. Firstly, what is your ideal client most likely to consume? So this is where you kind of need to think about their daily or weekly routine, what they like to do, where they typically tend to hang out naturally anyway, and this is where you want to be showing up. You don't want to be putting stuff out there when no one's going to be either digitally or physically walking past and taking it in. So if you work from home, there's probably no point you creating a print publication, having it sitting at the front of your house on your driveway, because no one's going to be walking past to grab that. I know that sounds like a really left-of-field analogy, but you know what I mean. So think about the lifestyle of your ideal client, that is the person most likely to do business with you, and what kind of content do you think they could consume consistently so you could become a regular fixture in their week? Like, for example, your ideal customer might have a 30-minute commute by train every day, and so a long-form video or maybe a long-form podcast or even a blog might be perfect for them because it's something that they can consume in that 30 minutes there and back, dedicated time, Monday to Friday or whatever days they work. So in that instance, perhaps even written material like a blog might be best suited to them because they're on a train, they're on public transport, they're not driving, so they have the opportunity to read. Plus, they're not going to have any auditory distractions, so listening to something might be a little bit tricky on a crowded train in peak hour, but reading something is going to be a lot easier. On the flip side, your ideal client might be driving a substantial amount of time to work or on their weekly activities. And so something they can listen to, like a podcast, might be better suited to them. Your ideal client mightn't have a big commute in their daily, weekly routine. And so you might need to think about the length of time that you're expecting them to consume. Is it better that you create five-minute written pieces or a five-minute video series? or maybe really short podcast episodes. Think about the kind of content they're most likely to consume regularly and how much time they have to dedicate to it. And at least that's going to put you in the best possible position once you have their attention to keep it sustainably. Now the other side to this is what kind of content are you most likely to be able to create consistently? And I can give you my own personal experience on this. So because I've been marketing in marketing for a very long time, I've been dabbling in content creation for quite a while as well. And I first started out doing blog articles because one of my main strengths is my ability to write. However, I'm also a raging perfectionist. And so these blog articles were taking hours for me to create because I was constantly editing and tweaking and rehashing. And so these blog articles were consuming my time for really little to no return on investment given how much time I was in fact investing in them. So I did that for a while. It was starting to feel like too much of a job and not enough of like a quick thing off the to-do list, so I had to change tact. 
That was when video started doing really well on Facebook and Instagram, particularly Facebook. We're talking a while ago now. And I'd also been consuming a lot of free videos, free trainings, things like that. So then I switched to video and I started trying to do a weekly video series that was pre-recorded, had slides and things like that. But again, the infrastructure required to develop that was far beyond my capacity to do consistently. And because it was pre-recorded, I was constantly editing and tweaking and re-recording. And again, my inner perfectionist, it was too easy for her to get in the way. So that didn't work either. But again, tried it for a period of time and it didn't feel like the return on investment was there to keep going beyond that three-month mark, say. So then... I actually bit the bullet and started doing live video because I thought, well, if it's live, it's already out there. I can't really take it back, can't edit it, can't pull it down, and it's just there. So I kind of forced myself outside my comfort zone. And look, I'll be honest, the first few were atrocious. I didn't have any idea about facing natural light or slowing my voice down or breathing consistently. It all came out in quite a breathy, poorly lit jumble. Um, but that's okay. You've got to get started to get better. So live video for a long time did really, really well for me. And it's still something I jump back into every now and then when I've got something more visual that I need to illustrate. So I've done that for a really long time and I did feel like I got a lot of really good return on investment because I was doing my live videos on Instagram and I was spending anywhere between 10 and 20 minutes illustrating a point. I was getting a lot of views. A lot of them were triggering um, quote inquiries and follow-up emails and messages and things like that. Side note about the idea of showing up as you are, not as perfect. I remember one day there was a time when I had a whacking great cold sore and I'd slept badly the night before and my hair was in desperate need of like cut color blow dried situation. Like I looked like a mess, but I had a really good topic I'd come up with to talk to you for my talk about for my live that day. And so I thought, oh, I, I didn't have time to do my makeup. I had a very slim window between the end of a nap and the school pickup, and I was cutting it really fine. So I thought, you know what, I'll just put it together, I'll put it out there, what's the worst that can happen? And I think I got two quote inquiries off the back of it and a whole other bunch of questions and some followers and things like that. So I remember sitting there thinking, imagine if I hadn't done that today. Imagine if I hadn't just showed up as myself, scrappy and all, and delivered the value that I'd been committing to deliver every week. I would have not received those quote requests. I wouldn't have landed that job off the back of it. I wouldn't have gotten that client. I wouldn't have gotten those followers. So please don't feel like you have to be perfect when you're delivering this content. Just be yourself because yourself is far more relatable. No one can relate to perfect, but we can relate to people. So side note, when you're creating this core content piece, be yourself because it will pay dividends. So they're the two factors you need to think about. What are your ideal customers, those most likely to do business with you? What are they most likely to be able to consume consistently, either read, watch, or listen to? And what are you most likely to be able to produce consistently? Now, I do have a bit of a saying that everything's a hassle until it becomes a habit. So this will take you a number of weeks for it to stop feeling like a chore and for it to start being a non-negotiable in your week. Like, there was a lot of weeks there when I first started out where it was happening. Last thing at night, it was really rushed, but it was a case of, I just need to get this done because this is a commitment I've made to my business. And now, because I've been doing this weekly content thing for so long, I'm actually engineering my week around it. So, classic example, 
I've just driven to pick my eldest up from school. I had my youngest primed for a nap so when we drove to pick him up I could leave him in the car and just step outside my car to get my oldest so he was in my line of sight and reach the whole time but he was inside the car he was asleep I've driven home and now I'm sitting in my driveway in my car which side note makes for fantastic podcast acoustics um, I'm sitting in my car with my fast asleep three-year-old recording a podcast so because this whole idea of weekly content has become a non-negotiable for me I've actually engineered my week around it So then once you have established the kind of core content piece you want to create every week, even for just the next three months, and you've worked out a couple of topics about what you want to cover based on what you know your customers need to know or what they need to understand or do before they can do business with you, that's always a good frame of reference for themes and topics to cover. Then you need to actually produce the thing and try to create the slickest system possible for actually getting it done and getting it out there. Now, for written content, this might mean brain dumping everything into a Google Doc and then sharing it with maybe a key staff member or your partner if they're particularly good at this kind of thing and getting them to do the editing and the refining and things like that. It's also a really good reason to get a virtual assistant on board. These can be really good assets in your business where you might only need them for a few hours a week, but they're really good for like using software to market you. They have a really good sort of one level of like one-on-one level marketing tools like scheduling tools and some basic graphic design tools like Canva sometimes. So have a look around for a virtual assistant. They might be the perfect person to be editing down your blog and refining it for you once you've sort of dumped all your thoughts into the page. So get someone else to edit it, don't edit it yourself because you'll be there for years, I guarantee it. Uh, If it's a video thing, do what I did maybe and just try going straight to live. Assume that the first few are going to be clunky and that's okay. You know what, you've got to get the clunky ones out of your system to get to the good stuff and to to refine your skills. So just the sooner you dive in, And clear the clutter with the first few awkward ones, the sooner you're going to get to the better ones. So try live video. And the good thing about live is it doesn't have to be overly engineered either. It can be very raw and off the cuff, as long as you just maybe jot down a few points you want to cover beforehand. Or a podcast, like what I'm doing now, can actually be really good if your days are a bit stretched and you're not going to have the opportunity to have good light or a good sort of setup or any time to do it properly during the day. Because it's not visual, I could be doing this at 11 o'clock at night, sitting in my car, and still get the, a really good result. The sound will still be really good. I'll have the space to think about what I'm saying. So think about what's going to fit into your lifestyle and what you can make work well consistently, and go with that. So get yourself a really good system for creating it, editing it, and then getting it out there. So then this is where we get to the second part of core content creation, and that's the idea of batching and scheduling. So what you can do from a core content piece is first and foremost, um, put it on, say, your website. Then you can promote it through a newsletter and social media posts and any print advertising you're on, um, any networking events or opportunities to use other people's platforms like your local business chamber or industry groups. This can be something you refer to when people want to know more about what you do and be given an opportunity to follow up on you. You can refer them to your blog, your video uh, your YouTube channel, your podcast. It's a really good way to throw people back to your marketing channels and then get them in the loop on the regular. So 
Firstly, you can promote the core piece of content itself, the latest blog post, the latest video, the latest podcast episode. That can be something you promote across whatever channels channels it is you choose to use. Then what you can do is you can go back through that core content piece and look for what I call a little nuggets of gold. And these can be isolated concepts, these can be um, a phrase that was particularly high impact that you came up with. These can be pulled out and then turned into additional content, whether it's an additional email, whether it's something you expand upon in a shorter video. It might be a text-based post that goes on social media like a quote. You can pick through this piece, core piece of content, or even better, you can have a virtual assistant pick through this core content piece for you, and look for maybe three to five little nuggets of gold within that that can then be scheduled throughout the week. And this can be high value. This can still be content that has value, but can be used to fill out your week, so you're making more of an appearance more regularly, without having to come up with something brand new every single day. We need to remember that, especially when it comes to social media, not everyone sees everything. Like especially on Facebook these days, what's referred to as organic reach, which is essentially the chances one of your followers has of actually seeing what your content is, is somewhere ridiculous between like 5 and 20%. So a follower who's committed to looking and watching your content ongoing has a 5 to 20% chance of just stumbling across your content with the volume of ads and other content that's out there. So there's nothing wrong with coming back to the same topic from a couple of different angles in consecutive days because it's pretty safe to assume that they won't have seen all three different angles you've come at that particular topic three days in a row. And if they do, it might be even better because it's that dripping tap principle where each time you might be further solidifying that idea in their head. So by the third time, they really understand its value and how it works into the bigger picture of doing business with you. So there's nothing wrong with consistency. There's nothing wrong with repetition. I mean, if any of you out there have got toddlers, you'll understand full well that that's how they learn by repetition. That's why they watch the same movie every day. That's why they want to read the same book every night. Why their days at you know, daycare and preschool are full of repetitive games and repetitive actions. That's how we learn. That's how humans learn through repetition. So there's nothing wrong with repeating yourself and making the same point consistently, as long as you're making it engaging and giving people a reason to know it, to understand it, to do it. Um, showing them and illustrating to them how it's going to have a benefit into their life and move them that one step foot, one step closer to your business, but also closer to the goal they're looking at. And then there's the idea of scheduling. Now, it still to this day amazes me how many people don't know that you can actually schedule a lot of part, a lot of different marketing components in advance. Like for example, you can jump into an app called Later, which I really love, and I'll try to link to that in the show notes. Or you can just go straight to the business side of Facebook and Instagram and you can actually schedule posts to happen in advance. So you can set it up today, put your caption, your hashtags, everything in, and you can schedule it for next week. So if you happen to be able to make one or two or even three core pieces of content at once because you might get on a bit of a roll, you can then create all the supplementary content that comes off the back of it and schedule it a week in advance. Like I always try to get my clients to at least a month in advance because it gives them a month, month breathing room for then ongoing content creation. Because what happens then is, as we all inevitably do get busy in business, it means you don't have this gaping hole in your social media, in your newsletter rotation, in your YouTube channel. You have actually that buffer built in where you can make up ground again and you don't lose that consistency because you've just had one really full-on week. 
You can also schedule emails. So I schedule my MailChimp emails out in advance. So my, myself and my VA will work on the content together. We'll fill the newsletter with a couple of different aspects of what I've been working on the week prior. And then we'll schedule it to go out the next week. So we're always trying to work at least one or two weeks ahead of ourselves. I mean, ideally, we'll try to get that four weeks in advance, Mark, as well. But as most of my trading mates will know, I'm like that carpenter with a half-finished set of stairs. It is what it is, you know. We're all, we'd all, we all should really be taking our own advice. But suffice to say, I'm a big fan of scheduling. I'm a big fan of batching. And I'm a big fan of all that coming off the back of a really rock-solid piece of content that has value, that positions you as an expert, and gives people an insight in what it might be like to actually do business with you, but in a really like genuine, giving, helpful way that doesn't feel sleazy or salesy or pushy. It's just like saying... Here's what I know, here's what I'm really good at, and here's how I'd love to use that to help you get ahead in life. So guys, I hope that gives you a good action plan for how you can get your marketing on rails and get it more consistent. The next step I would recommend you take is have a think about the kind of content you can create on the regular that is both consistent and sustainable for you, but also likely to be consistently consumed by those most likely to do business with you. Once you've chosen something, commit to do it every week, for three months so you get a decent amount of data as to whether it's working for you or not and then come up with a system for making it and getting it out there that you can easily loop someone into to help you out and also keep you accountable and remember don't it doesn't have to be perfect and it doesn't have to be professionally and super polished first time honestly Commit to doing the first two or three just for the sake of getting them done. They won't be fantastic. They won't be everywhere. But then each week, layer something else in. Um, whether it's one week, it just is a live video that goes out on Facebook and Instagram. And then the next week, you layer in maybe a pull quote where it's like, oh, this was a really good point. I'll turn this into a separate post. And the week after that, layer in a newsletter. And so don't try to do everything at once, just establish the habit of creating this core piece of content and then once you've established a regular routine, then layer in extra opportunities to get more out of it, more bang for your buck without spending less time stuck to your screen. I really hope this helps you guys get your marketing on rails in a way that doesn't suck more time out of your day because I realize none of us need that. If you have any questions or you'd like to know more, please feel free to email me at hello at meredithpage.me. But otherwise, have a really good week, guys, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Taking Back Joy. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Thanks, guys. See you next time.